Hello, welcome to Legendary Adventures, a Legend of Zelda podcast. This week we explore the final dungeon in the Legend of Zelda level 9, Death Mountain. I'm your host, Paul Riley. I'm a Zelda fan exploring the evolution of the series by playing each mainline Zelda game in release order. That means I'm excluding spin-offs and multiplayer-focused releases. So far in the game, we've assembled the Triforce of Wisdom, and now it's time to face Ganon to rescue Princess Zelda. But first, we need to find Ganon's lair. We are told the location of the last dungeon. Spectacle Rock is an entrance to death. That was a hint from an old man, but just where is Spectacle Rock? Based on the name, one would think that we need to find a rock that looks like a pair of eyeglasses. Later games in the series would play up the eyeglass shape in locations called Spectacle Rock. Here in this first game, however, I don't really see the implied shape. Someone at Nintendo seems to have realized this. In the Impa Recounts Zelda's Parting Words section of the included tips, we read, The two huge rocks high on Death Mountain are known by the people as Spectacle Rock. We can find these rocks on the north-central area of the map. We can reach it by crossing the river at its northernmost point to the west. We'll then find a long staircase leading up the mountain. We need to go to the top and then head west two screens and then place a bomb on the southern face of the westmost rock to open the entrance to the dungeon. Death Mountain is in the shape of a skull. It's the largest, most complex dungeon in the game with the most difficult enemy encounters. To be honest, I don't enjoy Death Mountain. I didn't enjoy level eight to the lion either. I just feel that they're too difficult. The enemies are very strong and it's not uncommon to have statues flinging fireballs with you as you're trying to deal with them. I used a walkthrough to complete dungeon eight after starting with no plan to use one. And then I decided not even to bother here and just use the walkthrough from the very start. This dungeon is complex with multiple paths that players can take to reach the end. This is partially because the dungeon was designed to be completed either with or without the magical key that's hidden in level eight. I of course had the magical key but even with it, the path I was led on winds up and down and frequently doubles back on itself, adding to the complexity of this dungeon. There are two dungeon items to be found within Death Mountain, in addition to finding our way to Ganon and Zelda. Neither one is hinted at prior to entering, but we do know that each prior dungeon did contain at least one item to find, so it's safe to assume that there will be at least one here. However, one of these items will be required to complete the game, and the other, while making the game easier, is optional. Players aren't told which is which or even where these are. There's no hints to it. So it's just up to the player to explore and find their way and find these items and figure out how to beat the game all on their own. The first of these items is a red ring. It's found in an unmarked room on the northeastern corner of the dungeon. This changes the color of Link's tunic to red and further reduces the damage that he takes from enemies. Again, it's not required, but it is helpful. The required item is silver arrows. They are found in a room on the exact opposite side of the dungeon from the red ring. Ganon cannot be defeated unless the silver arrows are used, so this is required. Players will need to find them. Princess Zelda is in the left eye of the dungeon, and Ganon's chamber is located just below the eye. I'm not going to spend too much time describing my path through the dungeon. I will, however, highlight a number of elements that stand out about it. The first is the music. This is a different track than any other found in the game. It has a nice ominous feel to it compared to the more mysterious feel of the music used in other dungeons. 
Another notable element of the dungeon is found right at the beginning. We start the dungeon inside the right tooth of the skull. Without the Triforce, however, players will be unable to travel further than the second room. There's an old man who blocks the path of anyone who doesn't have the Triforce. If you do have the Triforce, he disappears. It's a hard lock on the dungeon, requiring players to complete all other dungeons before they can even enter Death Mountain. In addition to the old man blocking the entrance, there are three other hint-dispensing old men hidden inside the dungeon. One curiously offers the hint, go to the next room. It's an odd hint that players need to use a bomb on the west wall to get further into the dungeon. This is especially odd, considering that there have been previous dungeons in the game where players have had to place bombs to find bombable walls with no hints prior to it. But here it is hinted. According to the legends of localization.com, this hint is essentially the same for the Japanese version of the game. So these two old men that we've just discussed are the only two that are required to be visited to, in order to complete the dungeon. But there are others. A third old man offers the hint, Eyes of the Skull has a secret. Ignoring the grammar there, it's a tip to tell Zelda's location in the dungeon. Considering that there's also a compass hidden within the dungeon though, this hint seems redundant. The old man is located at the very top of the skull in the second room to the west. This hint is different in the Japanese version of the game. According to the legends of localization.com, the original Japanese version contains a hint to one of the dungeon items. He says, have you found the red ring? It's a mystery why it was changed. There's a fourth old man in the center of the dungeon. He offers the hint, Patra has the map. Patra is a new enemy, a sort of mini-boss introduced in Death Mountain. It's a formation of winged creatures, each with one eye. There's a large one in the middle, surrounded by a circle of smaller ones. The way that the smaller ones move around sometimes create a more 3D appearance to this enemy compared to anything else in the game. It's a nice touch. Players must destroy the smaller enemies before the largest one can be destroyed. There are five Patrophytes scattered throughout the dungeon. One holds the map. It's located on the eastern side near the Red Ring. While the hint to find the map after a Patrophyte is useful, it wasn't in the Japanese version of the game. According to the legend of the localization, the Japanese was more along the lines of destroy the topmost boundary. It's apparently a second hint towards the Red Ring. It's located in an unmarked room on the top of the skull, which is somewhat different than other unmarked rooms, which have generally been contained inside the dungeon boundaries. It's interesting that both hints offered in the Japanese version refer to the Red Ring, and the silver arrows go unremarked on inside the dungeon. The silver arrows are apparently hinted at in level 7 of the Japanese game, with the English translation swapping in the tip of the nose hint. The silver arrows go entirely unmentioned in the English translation. Now let's discuss the fight with Ganon. When we first enter the room with Ganon, it's dark. Link then holds the Triforce above his head, revealing the room and the final boss. Ganon becomes invisible and throws fireballs at the player. He moves around the room erratically, so players must stab at random until they hit him. Once they do, he will briefly appear. After four hits, Ganon turns a reddish color. This is the point where he is vulnerable to the silver arrow. One shot with the silver arrow and Ganon falls. I've picked this up just through general osmosis long before I played this game and completed it. I'm not entirely sure how first-time players were supposed to figure this out other than pure trial and error. Once Ganon is defeated, players continue north into the next room. They have to use their sword to douse a couple of flames and then reach Princess Zelda. Thank you, Link, she says. You are the hero of Hyrule. After the credits, players are given the option to tackle a second quest. 
We'll go into just a little more detail on what that second quest is in the next episode. But the true focus of the next episode will actually be the game overworld and the legacy of The Legend of Zelda. If you're enjoying this podcast, please subscribe. Also, please consider sharing it with another Zelda fan. I'm Paul Riley. Thanks for listening. <laughs>